Hello and welcome to episode 39 of the JS Bach Files. I am Terence O'Grady and this episode will be the first of two devoted to Bach's St. Matthew Passion, surely one of the greatest sacred works of the 18th century or any century for that matter. Bach's setting of the St. Matthew Passion was probably first conceived in 1725 when the composer requested of the amateur poet Christian Friedrich Henrici that he prepare the libretto for a new setting of the Passion. Henrici, whose pen name was Pickender, was actually a government official who had impressed Bach when the two had collaborated earlier on the sacred substitute text for his cantata, BWV 249. Bach may have originally intended that this new setting of the Passion be performed for an earlier Good Friday service, but the fact that the work was to feature two choruses made it necessary to postpone it until 1727, when the St. Thomas Church, with its larger choir loft, would have been available for the performance. The work was first performed there on April 11, 1727, with a second performance coming two years later. In 1736, a third performance was given of a version that had been substantially revised, and it is that version that audiences are most likely to encounter today. Regarding the original postponement to secure the availability of St. Thomas, Bach scholar Christian Wolff has pointed out in his book, Bach's Musical Universe, The Composer and His Work, that the delay might actually have proved very useful since it provided composer and librettist more time to knit together the unusually complex text and Bach's ambitious setting of it. By the way, for this discussion, I will, as usual, be relying heavily on the translations of Francis Brown from the extremely useful BachCantatas.com website. The opening chorus in E minor, which eventually introduces both of the main choruses, and even a third beyond that, begins with another supremely evocative orchestral introduction. As in the opening chorus for the earlier St. John Passion, it establishes a restless mood, pregnant with anticipation and uncertainty. As in the St. John Passion, Bach begins with a pedal in the basses, this time beneath a narrow-range melody in second flutes and oboes that unwinds slowly in 12-8 meter with a gradually ascending shape. A number of commentators have made the point that, in part, this summons up a pastoral mood, in keeping with the references to Jesus as the Lamb of God, which we're soon to encounter in the text. But in this case, the mood is very far from idyllic, it's marked by a consistent and pervasive use of suspended dissonances which exude the very opposite of tranquility. The first flutes and oboes enter with imitation at the fifth, halfway through the second measure, and the lower voices provided by the violins and violas frequently move in contrary motion against the melody. As the flutes, oboes, and strings interweave over the sustained pedal, Bach hints briefly at other tonalities, other key areas, but it's only when the pedal breaks off in measure 6 and we hear a strong sequential progression, each chord resolving up a fourth to the one after it, that we experience a real sense of progressive motion for the first time. Let's hear that much. Later, back securely in E minor, the voices from Chorus 1, representing the community of believers, enter with the text, Come, you daughters, help me to lament. The main melodic ideas here are shared between the sopranos and basses, the former with a new, expansive, ascending triadic motive, and the latter repeating the opening of the initial flute motive down an octave. The middle voices begin more hesitantly, repeating the words, come, come, on beats two and four, but the altos soon pick up the soprano's melodic statement down a fourth. 
From this point on, it becomes increasingly difficult to claim melodic supremacy for any particular voice, as all four move fluently and independently, although often doubled by the orchestra, some extending long melismas on a single syllable, while others repeating phrases from the text again and again. Some of the earlier melodic motives continued to be echoed in various parts of the instrumental and choral textures, and some chord progressions are restated, including the one noted earlier, but there is very little exact repetition. Here is the entrance of the voices with the text, Come you daughters, help me to lament. My excerpt ends right before we're introduced to a change in the text and a very important new element. Although the flutes continue to carry on with an active countermelody of their own, the first chorus, now mostly proceeding in homophonic rhythm, sings, See the bridegroom, see him like a lamb. In the intervening gaps, the second chorus, presumably representing the daughters of Zion, interjects whom and how accompanied by short motives from the orchestra. The first chorus then repeats its text to a related motive, with the second chorus following suit, as we go through a series of chords that seem to be directing us toward G major, although in fact we end up back in E minor, where chorus 1 repeats its opening phrase, Come you daughters, help me to lament. But the arrival back in E minor brings another new element with it the introduction of a chorus of sopranos, originally boy trebles, singing the so-called German Agnus Dei or Lamb of God chorale, quickly migrating to G major in the process. O Lamb of God, innocent, slaughtered on the beam of the cross, always found to be patient, no matter how much you were despised. All our sins you have borne, otherwise we would have to despair. Have mercy on us, Jesus. This is sung in a series of separate phrases, giving us, in effect, a triple chorus movement, as chorus one continues its melismatic repetitions of the line, Come you daughters, help me to lament, and continuing through a varied repetition of the exchanges between chorus one and two. Let's hear that much. It's a long movement, and we really can't go through all of it in detail, but let me mention just a few more things. More dual chorus exchanges take place as we proceed, similar in type if not in every detail to the ones you've already heard. At one point, chorus 1 sings, See his patience, see our guilt, while chorus 2 interjects at slightly greater length in some places, What and where? Then later, as we approach the conclusion of the movement, the two choruses, the Daughters of Zion and the Community of Believers, join together for the final line of text, See how from love and grace he bears the wood of the cross himself. But the movement actually closes with some final exchanges between the two choruses as they return to the opening line singing, Come you daughters, help me to lament, see whom the bridegroom 
see him how like a lamb, with the entire movement concluding with a Picardy third E major chord. The opening chorus is followed by the first recitative, in which the tenor soloist, singing the role of the evangelist, begins the biblical narrative from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16. The tenor sings, When Jesus had finished this speech, he said to his disciples, then the bass soloist representing Jesus sings, You know that after two days it will be Passover, and the Son of Man will be handed over so that he may be crucified. Whereas the beginning of the recitative representing Matthew's voice is in a straightforward, unembellished style with minimal accompaniment from the continuo instruments, the second part representing the voice of Jesus is more elaborate and eventually more overtly emotional. It employs not a simple continuo accompaniment, but adds sustained chords from violin one and two and viola, providing the so-called halo effect to which so many commentators have referred. Although it begins in the same calmly straightforward style employed by the evangelist, it soon increases in emotional intensity by its use of chromaticism, including two diminished seventh chords, along with the introduction of some bitter dissonance at the words so that he may be crucified, with the final word stretched out over an uncomfortable, almost jagged melisma. Da Jesus dieser Rede vollendet hatte, sprach er zu seinen Jüngern. Ihr wisset, dass nach zwei Tagen Oster wird, und des Menschen Sohn ihr Beantwortet werden, dass ihr gekreuzigt werden. The first of several chorales, Herbstliebster Jesu, Jesus Most Dear to My Heart, comes next, presented by the entire chorus and representing the congregation for whom the chorale would have been very familiar. Only verse 1 is sung, and as usual, it represents a personal devotional commentary on the scriptural quotation. Jesus, most dear to my heart, what have you done wrong so that a harsh judgment is pronounced? What is your guilt? In what sort of wrongdoing have you been caught? This is followed by another recitative from the evangelist. Then the chief priests gathered together, and the scribes and the elders among the people in the palace of the high priest, who was called Caiaphas, and they held a council, how with cunning they might seize Jesus and put him to death. But they said, and then the chorus immediately springs into action, singing, certainly not during the festival, so that there is not a riot among the people. Both choruses are again in play here coming in in C major where the previous recitative had left off, with short, rhythmically animated phrases in eighth-note block chords tossed back and forth every two beats, the second chorus initially replying with the same motive of a fifth, and both choruses coming together in a flurry of sixteenth notes for the final phrase of the text. These choral exchanges are sung against a backdrop of quicker sixteenth-note patterns, first in flutes and violins one, and later in oboes and violins too, which further increase the sense of agitation. Da versammelten sich die hohen Priester und Schriftgelehrten und die Ältesten im Volk in den Palast des hohen Priesters, der da hieß Kaiphas, und hielten Rat, wie sie Jesu mit Listen griffen und töteten. Sie sprachen aber. Schaut nicht auf das Fest, 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 nicht auf das
In the next brief recitative, the evangelist sings, Now when Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came to him a woman who had a jar with precious ointment, and she poured it on his head while he sat at the table. When his disciples saw this, they became indignant and said, The reply of the chorus, now representing the disciples, is only slightly less agitated than that of the scribes and elders in the previous chorus, as they sing, What is the purpose of such waste? This ointment could have been sold at a high price and given to the poor. This chorus, which begins in A minor, starts homophonically like the last, but soon breaks into agitated, motivic exchanges between the voices as they express their outrage. Their indignation peaks with a fragment of imitation between the voices and a brief foray into C minor at the words, This ointment could have been sold at a high price. Here is the final line of the introductory recitative going into the disciples' chorus, which concludes in G minor. After an introductory recitative from the evangelist, Jesus, as always represented by a bass soloist, sings, Why do you trouble the woman? She has done a good deed for me. You have the poor with you always, but you will not always have me. The reason why she poured ointment on my body is that she did this because I'm going to be buried. Truly, I say to you, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, people will also, in her memory, talk about what she has done. As you would expect, this recitative, again accompanied by that halo of strings, is more expressly emotional, especially as Jesus refers to his own burial. Here is that portion of the recitative. This is followed by an orchestrally accompanied recitative and aria by the alto soloist, one of many devotional commentaries and reflections meant to represent the perspective of the loving faithful. Although the melodic style for the opening recitative is somewhat conventional, the nuanced accompaniment provided by the two flutes and pizzicato bass, as well as the more deliberate tempo, provides it with an aura quite different from the more conventional recitative sections we've heard to this point. The text is, You, dear Savior, you, when your disciples foolishly quarrel because this good woman with salve your body wants to prepare for the tomb, then let me, meanwhile, with floods of tears from my eyes, pour water on your head. The alto aria that follows, Bus und Roy, 
penance and remorse, one of the most expressive in the entire Passion, continues the dual flute-dominated sonority. The text for the first section of the aria is, Penance and remorse, grind my sinful heart in two. It's in F-sharp minor and follows the form of a full-fledged da capo aria, with a 12-measure opening ritonello that features a number of repeated motives and ties across the bar. The alto soloist enters with a narrow range motive hovering around the fifth of the scale. The second phrase is an embellished version of the first, a step down, and the rest of the melody descends gradually to finish an octave lower. Against this, the opening ritonello motives continue to sound in the continual bass, which outlines a descending chromatic line appropriate to a lament. After a variant of the opening ritonello is heard, the alto returns with a more expansive variant of the melody, now unfolding in larger, ascending leaps against an ascending bass line. Meanwhile, the flute's counter-melody continues to draw from the opening ritonello motives, with the initial motive now sometimes heard in inversion. We continue in F-sharp minor, but Bach touches briefly on other key areas along the way often by way of sequential repetitions, as the alto melody becomes more hesitant as it moves down the scale in a series of musical sighs. Another variant of the opening ritonello rounds off the A section and brings it to a close. Here is an excerpt showing some of the alto's more expansive variant of the opening melody. The middle section of the aria, which employs the text, So the drops of my tears may produce pleasing spices for you, faithful Jesus, begins in F-sharp minor, but is on the move immediately through a series of sequential seventh chords, touching on several keys before arriving in A major. It introduces some new elements, including a more consistently active melody line, which begins with a new two-bar phrase, a variant of which is immediately repeated. It also introduces a new light staccato accompaniment in the flutes, meant to suggest the drops of tears. Although the vocal melody continues to develop mostly new motives, the accompanying flutes soon return to referencing motives from the opening ritonello. Then, after a brief four-bar ritonello featuring some overlapping imitation in the flutes, the alto re-enters with the second part of the middle section where it too begins to make some varied references to its earlier motives, and the flutes return again to their teardrop motive. As the last line of text is intoned, the mood darkens again, and we move towards C-sharp minor, where we eventually cadence. And then, of course, the entire first section of the aria repeats. Here is the middle section. Oh, 
a quick recitative follows, in which the evangelist describes how Judas goes to the chief priests and receives 30 pieces of silver to betray Jesus. Following this is an aria in B minor, common time, for soprano soloist, reflecting on Judas's betrayal of Jesus. The text for the first section is Bleed Now, Loving Heart. It's another da capo aria, beginning with a distinctive ritronello theme that anticipates the soprano's melody with its gently syncopated opening notes, while establishing an accompaniment pattern notable both for its falling, sighing figures and its articulation pattern. Here is the beginning of the opening ritonello. After eight measures, the soprano enters with another narrow-range motive circulating around the tonic note. This motive is immediately repeated up a third, harmonized by a brighter D major chord. But the mood darkens immediately with the next phrase, as Bach moves back quickly to the minor tonality and a new pair of sequentially repeated phrases, the first descending and the second rising dramatically to an emotional peak. After an instrumental ritonello, we hear the middle section of the aria with the text, Ah, a child whom you reared that sucked at your breast is threatening to murder its guardian, for that child has become a serpent. The music begins gently enough in A major, unfolding again in two measure phrases, the second a step higher than the first. But when we encounter the reference to the child threatening to murder its guardian, the musical language becomes more chromatic and tension-filled, and we end up in C-sharp minor. When the text is repeated, a new pair of gentle sequential phrases are introduced, but as we move toward the second and more ominous part of the text, we once again encounter a higher state of tension, and in this case, a considerably increased level of rhythmic activity, including a slithering chromatic line that could easily be heard as serpentine. Here are both parts of the middle section of the aria, separated by a very brief reference to the sighing motive of the ritonello. Following the final cadence on E minor, the da capo designation sends us back to the beginning of the aria. We now pick up the narrative with another series of brief exchanges between the evangelist and either the chorus representing the disciples or Jesus himself. It begins with a short recitative from the evangelist, who sings, 
On the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and said to him, and the chorus, representing the disciples, responds, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover lamb? The narrative continues as Jesus instructs the disciples how to proceed. Later in the evening, as he sat at the table with the twelve, Jesus sings, Truly I say to you, one among you will betray me. The evangelist then sings, And they were very distressed, and began each one among them to say to him, and the chorus enters with, Lord, is it I? Sie wurden sehr betrübt und hoben an, ein jeglicher unter ihnen, und sagten zu ihm, Another devotional chorale representing the congregation's perspective follows. The text from the fifth stanza of O Welt, Sia Hier Dein Leben by Paul Gerhardt, with the familiar melody from the chorale O Welt, Ich Muschen Dich Lassen, composed by Heinrich Isaac. The text is, I am the one, I should pay for this, with hands and feet bound in hell. The scourges and the bonds and what you have endured, my soul has deserved that. In the extended recitative section that follows, involving the evangelist, Jesus, and briefly Judas, Jesus warns that someone will betray him, the one who dips his hand with me in the dish. Judas asks, Is it I, Rabbi? And Jesus replies, You have said it. Jesus took the bread, broke it, gave thanks for it, and then gave it to the disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them. At that point, the recitative style is replaced by a more measured arioso style, with a more active, although still restrained, string accompaniment. As Jesus sings, Drink all of you from this. This is my blood of the New Testament, which will be shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. I say to you, from now on, I will no more drink from this fruit of the vine until that day when I shall drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Yes. 
This is followed by an arioso recitative and then aria by the soprano, again in a highly emotional, devotional style. The text is, Although my heart swims in tears since Jesus takes his leave from me, yet his testament makes me rejoice, his own flesh and blood, what expense he bequeaths to me in my hands, just as in the world towards those who are his own, he can intend no evil, so he loves them to the end. Although the vocal line is generally declamatory in style, brief melismas do spring up at the mention of Jesus' name. More remarkable is the accompaniment, dominated by two oboes playing in thirds, which flows in a narrow-range accompaniment pattern of undulating sixteenth-note triplets, clearly suggesting the heart swimming in tears. Here's a little of the recitative. The two oboes continue to dominate in the aria that follows, in G major and 6-8 time, beginning with a relatively cheerful opening ritornello that begins with a fragment of imitation but carries on mostly in parallel thirds and sixths, and which features some distinctive across-the-bar ties. The text for the first part of the aria is, I shall give my heart to you, come down my salvation, and bury yourself within it. The music continues along its warm, almost idyllic path for the entire first section, with both soprano melody and oboe accompaniment continuing to draw motives from the ritornello. The text for the middle section is, I shall bury myself in you. If the world is too small for you, ah, then you alone to me shall be more than the world and heaven. The middle section is again divided into two parts, the first having shifted into E minor at this point, with a melody that is less smoothly flowing and conjunct in its motion, although here again some motives are repeated. After a brief intervening ritornello, the soprano returns in A major, repeating the text to a new theme, which initially seems a bit lighter in tone, although still fairly fragmented rhythmically. But the mood soon turns somber again, and the middle section concludes in B minor, before the da capo sends us back to repeat the first section. Following the soprano aria, 
The narrative resumes with a recitative first by the evangelist in which he describes Jesus and the disciples going to the Mount of Olives. There Jesus sings, This night you will all be offended because of me, for it is written, I shall strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But when I rise again, I shall go from here before you into Galilee. As before, the basis aria is more elaborately scored and features at the words, I shall strike the shepherd and the sheep will become scattered, the tempo quickens and the texture scatters into staccato sixteenth notes, top and bottom parts going in opposite directions. But when the text refers to rising up again, the tempo slows to moderato and a violin line in thirds rises up an octave. In dieser Nacht werdet ihr euch alle ärgern an mir. Denn es steht geschrieben, ich werde den Hirten schlagen und die Schafe der Hirten werden sie nicht zerstreuen. This is followed by a chorale, O Sacred Head Now Wounded, in its most familiar English title, the fifth verse of Gerhardt's hymn, the so-called Passion Chorale, used by Bach four times in the St. Matthew Passion. The text for this verse is, Recognize me, my guardian, my shepherd, accept me. From you, source of all goodness, much good has been done for me. Your mouth has refreshed me with milk and sweet food. Your spirit has endowed me. A long recitative section follows in which Peter tells Jesus that even if everyone else is offended because of you, yet I shall never be offended. But Jesus responds, Truly I say to you, this night before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. Peter and the other disciples quickly reply, saying, Even if I had to die with you, I should not deny you. This is followed by verse 6 of the Passion Chorale. I shall stand here beside you, but do not despise me. I shall not go from you. When your heart breaks, when your heart becomes pale, in the last death blow, then I shall embrace you in my arms and bosom. The recitative that follows relates how Jesus and the disciples go to Gethsemane, while the recitatives of the evangelist have generally been straightforward and unemotional. Bach strongly colors the text at the words, He began to grieve and be disheartened. And he does so similarly when Jesus sings, My soul is distressed even to death. This is followed by an unusual recitative by the tenor, elaborately accompanied by a pair of recorders and oboe da and much more overtly emotional than usual, depicting another of the believer's emotional responses to the continuing biblical narrative. It begins, O sorrow, here trembles his afflicted heart, how it sinks down, how pale his face. Then the chorus enters with a line from the chorale Herzliebster Jesu and the text What is the cause of such torments? creating an ongoing dialogue with the tenor. The tenor continues The judge leads him to judgment. There is no comfort, no help at all. And the chorus responds Ah, 
my sins have struck you. And the dialogue continues with even longer responses from the chorus as it proceeds through the chorale text. Here's the first part of the movement. This sort of interaction between impassioned recitative and chorus can be found elsewhere, including in some of Bach's cantatas, but it is particularly effective here. This accompanied recitative then leads into an aria by the tenor in C minor, common time, again with interjections from the chorus. It begins with an ornate but highly distinctive ritornello melody featuring the oboe, one that is carefully integrated by motivic repetitions and sequences, and enriched harmonically by several accented dissonances. The tenor's opening line of text is, I shall keep watch by my Jesus, which is sung to a variant of the opening three bars of the ritornello. The chorus then responds softly with a gently undulating melody in a mostly homophonic texture, with the text, Then our sins go to sleep. After a return of bars 5 through 8 of the opening ritornello, these two lines are repeated, overlapping with the last two bars of the ritornello theme. The tenor soloist then repeats the opening text for the third time, this time elaborating on it with a new, much more extensively, melismatic passage, which moves the music toward E-flat major. The chorus then repeats a variation of its previous response as the modulation to E-flat major is completed. Let's hear that much. The ritornello now returns, initially in E-flat major, but it darkens quickly as the tenor introduces a new section based on the second part of the text. For my death, atonement is made by his soul's distress. His grieving makes me full of joy. For this reason, to us, his suffering, which benefits us, must be truly bitter and yet sweet. The exchanges between soloist and chorus continue, with the soloist and accompanying oboe becoming even more elaborately melismatic, as, for example, on the word Freuden or joy. And even the chorus breaks away somewhat from its mostly homophonic texture, at least in places, to a somewhat more freely polyphonic one as we proceed. Here's part of the second section. Thank you. 
do eventually return to the original ritornello, tenor melody, and text, complete with the interaction between soloist and chorus as before, although now the choral responses are more expansive. The movement closes with the return of the opening ritornello. After a recitative in which Jesus asks that the cup might pass from him, there follows another reflective recitative and a capo aria, this time in G minor and 3-8 time and sung by a bass soloist. The text is, Willingly I shall bring myself to accept the cross and cup. I drink as my Savior did, for his mouth, which flows with milk and honey, has made the cause and bitter taste of suffering become sweet through first drinking himself. It's somewhat restrained emotionally compared to many of the other devotional commentaries we've heard, but the music is naturally adapted to the text, with a somewhat angular and uncomfortable melody in the first section, but with modulations to major keys and a somewhat sweeter melody in the middle section, which refers to his mouth flowing with milk and honey and the bitter taste of suffering becoming sweet through first drinking himself. Here's the beginning of the aria from the entrance of the bass soloist. A very effective recitative exchange between the evangelist and Jesus is next, where Jesus chides the disciples for not being able to stay awake with him. Could you not keep watch an hour with me? Keep watch and pray so that you do not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The final line is given an especially compelling musical depiction. Securely in G minor until that point, we now begin to modulate, uncertainly at first, and then, surprisingly, and somewhat ambiguously, toward A minor. But Jesus manages to reassert self-control, with some difficulty, as he sings the last part of the text. My Father, if it is not possible that this cup should pass from me unless I drink it, then your will be done. Zum anderen Mal ging er hin, betete und sprach, Mein Vater, ist's nicht möglich, dass dieser Kalk von mir geht? Ich trinke ihn. This is followed by another chorale setting, the first verse of the hymn often known in English as What God Wants, May It Always Happen. And we then return to the recitative narrative. Jesus finds the disciples asleep again, and he chastises them, saying, See, the hour is here when the Son of Man will be given into the hands of sinners. Then Judas comes with a group of servants from the chief priests, and he betrays Jesus into their hands. This prompts another devotional commentary, this one an elaborate duet in E minor between soprano and alto with choral accompaniment. The ritornello features a generally subdued, multi-layered melody which quickly introduces imitation at the fifth. 
This is replicated by soprano and alto soloists as they enter with the text, So My Jesus is Now Captured. As the solo voices continue to interweave an extended melisma on the last word, the chorus interjects with staccato notes, Let him go, stop, do not bind him. Here is an excerpt beginning with the end of the ritornello right before the entrance of the soloists. For the next part of the text, moon and light have set in sorrow since my Jesus is captured. The soloists join together for a while in thirds and sixths, although the two voices do soon break apart and proceed independently again, although always doubled by flutes, turning eventually to long and elaborate melismas. These are again interrupted by staccato interpolations by the chorus, let him go, stop, do not bind him. But in the end, soprano and alto come together with a variant of their earlier theme to state, They lead him away, he is bound. This leads immediately into a very dynamic and vigorous movement for double chorus. It begins as a stalwart fugue in B minor, with basses of both choruses announcing the militant-sounding subject and tenors coming in four bars later with the invitation of fourth higher, as the continuo bass begins a persistent run of accompanying sixteenth notes which is maintained virtually throughout the movement. After we've made our way to A major, the altos from both choruses come in next, followed four bars later by the sopranos. And eventually we touch on D major and G major as the fury continues to rage. The text for the fugal section is, Have lightnings, has thunder vanished in the clouds. When the fugal imitation has run its course, the two choruses diverge, exchanging powerful homophonic declarations still on the original text. Soon the two groups are echoing each other back and forth within a single measure, and this comes to a stop only after an abrupt cutoff and fermata. The second section, with the text, Open your fiery abyss, O hell, smash, destroy, swallow up, dash to pieces with sudden fury, the false betrayer, the murderous blood. This section is no less frantic as both choruses combine and alternate in various ways, finally coming together on common ground to drive to the final cadence on E major.
alternating recitatives between the evangelist and Peter then tell how Peter attempts to thwart one of the servants of the high priest by cutting off his ear. Jesus chastises him, Put up your sword in its place, for whoever takes up the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I could not ask my father to send me more than twelve legions of angels? But how could the scripture be fulfilled? It must go in this way. Da sprach Jesus zu ihm, stecke dein Schwert an seinen Ort, denn wer das Schwert nimmt, der soll zum Schwert umkommen. Oder meinest du, dass ich nicht könnte meinen Vater bitten, dass er mir zu schicken her den zwölf Legion Engel? Würde aber die Schrift erfüllen, es muss also gehen. Jesus goes on to address the gathered crowd. You have come out as if I were a murderer, with swords and clubs to seize me. Yet I sat daily among you and have taught in the temple, and you did not seize me. But all this has happened so the writings of the prophets may be fulfilled. Zu der Stund sprach Jesus zu den Scharen. Ihr seid ausgegangen als zu einem Mörder, mit Schwertern und mit Stangen mich zu fahren. Bin ich doch fähig bei euch gesessen und habe gelehrt im Tempel und ihr habt mich nicht gegriffen. Aber das ist alles geschehen, das erfüllen würden die Schriften der Propheten. And then, as the evangelist reports, all his disciples abandoned him and fled. The first half of the Passion concludes with Bach's long and elaborate setting of the chorale known in English as O man, bewail your great sin. This setting was added to the later 1736 version of the work and provides an excellent counterbalance to the equally ambitious and complex opening movement of the Passion. The text is, O man, bewail your great sin, for this Christ from his Father's bosom went forth and came to earth. Of a virgin pure and gentle, he was born here for us. He was willing to become the mediator. To the dead he gave life and in this way put aside all illness, until it came to the time that he would be sacrificed for us, bear the heavy burden of our sins for a long time indeed on the cross. Here is just the first part of the setting, beginning with a substantial and somewhat familiar opening ritonello. We've now arrived at the end of the first section of this very formidable and very great work. We'll attempt to do justice to the second part of Bach's St. Matthew Passion in the next episode.